I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes, unless you're driving or operating some kind of heavy machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go. And let. Your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest, and a very warm welcome to our first-time listeners. Now, today is the continuation of the five A's of the Basic Emotional Food Group. It's going to be a five-part series、uh, because there are five A's, and the five A's are attention, affection, appreciation, allowance, and acceptance. I started on the first A, which is attention, in the last episode. So have a listen if you have not already done so. Now this week we're going to talk about the second emotional need, which is affection. Now the need for affection refers to the degree to which a person wants to be close or distant in a relationship with another. 
Now, affectionate communication offers evolutionary benefits, such as promoting survival by facilitating close relationships and access to resources. So, affectionate behaviors like holding hands, kissing, hugging, and even having sex—of course, I'm referring to adults—can increase. Oxytocin in your body, providing a feeling of calmness, reducing pain, and helping with bonding. Now you understand why some people choose sex as their drug of choice. So the need for affection solidifies our desire to know we are compatible with another human being, even if the relationship is on the friendship or familial level. A little fun fact: being horny was labeled the first need as the neurotic need for affection and approval. So, needless to say, as children. They totally rely on their parents' responsibilities to make them feel loved. Now, children who feel loved by their parents have better relationships, not only with their family but also with peers. So, in contrast, children who feel rejected by their parents have worse social, emotional, and behavioral adjustments way into adulthood. So when parents show affection to their children, they feel loved. Well, although making their children feel loved by showing affection is important for parents around the world, I dare say, unfortunately, the ways in which parents convey their affection can differ. For example, in some cultural groups, it is common for parents to show love physically, like what I just mentioned earlier—hugging or kissing—or to express love verbally, saying "I love you." And yet, in other culture, physical and verbal expressions of love are less common. Nevertheless. Parents express love in other ways, such as by preparing special foods, or supporting children's education, or other daily activities. However, I do have a question for those loving, responsible parents: Have you made the time to find out what your child prefers? Because by doing so, you definitely will know that you are loving your children the way they wanted you to, isn't it? Consider the following ways that parents in many cultural groups can make children feel affectionate. You can show your affection by saying nice things about your child, focusing on their strengths. Either directly to your child or to others in their presence, so that they can hear you. For example, you can say something like, "You should have seen how kind my daughter was to her brother today." Now, this one is a biggie: treating children gently rather than harshly. When you yell and hit a child, I can assure you they will feel unloved. And therefore, should be avoided at all times. 
Another affectionate behavior is remembering commitments to your child. So, if parents promise a treat for good behavior or say that they will do something for the child, it is important to follow through on that promise. Not to mention, when parents remember to do things they say they'll do for a child, it builds trust in the relationship. In a way, we can say affection is the need for both physical and emotional warmth, as well as love and intimacy from others. From an adult point of view, a practical example might be a couple sitting on a couch, holding hands and cuddling while watching a movie. That demonstrates affection. Now, these physical gestures of love and affection and connection help individuals feel secure, cherished, and emotionally connected to their partners. And the consequences of not having the need of affection being fulfilled are emotional distance and disconnection in relationships. Increased vulnerability to mental health issues like depression and anxiety, and a sense of unfulfillment and lack of emotional warmth. For example, a person who grows up in a family where physical affection and emotional expression are rare may struggle with forming close relationships. Leading to feelings of isolation and emotional emptiness. So, as usual, when individuals do not have their essential emotional needs met, this week is affection. Then they may resort to male adaptive strategies in an attempt to get more affection. Right. So. One of the common maladaptive strategies for affection is to settle for physical intimacy without emotional connection. For example, an individual who lacks emotional intimacy in their relationships may engage in casual or promiscuous sexual encounters in an attempt to experience physical closeness. Now, while this provides temporary physical affection, it often leaves them feeling emotionally unfulfilled and therefore empty. So, my audience, with all these information, I would like to invite you to examine your childhood. How much affection did you get from your parents or your caregivers? And then fast forward to your adulthood. In your daily life, how do you get this need met? The need for affection. How do you give affection to yourself? Any male adaptive strategies that you have developed along the way? Dig deep so you are aware of them, and then you can choose to do something about it. So, thank you for listening, my audience. I appreciate you. And until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to be honest. Bye for now.
you can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D-R-B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-I-A-O.com. Dr. Barbara Kiao.